We can't transmit because something else is already transmitting. Somewhere close, the signal's strong. Plane, how would What they kind even... of transmission is it? could be a sat phone, maybe a radio signal. Can we listen to it? Let me get the frequency first. Hold on. Welcome to the weekly Lost Edition of the Generally Speaking Podcast Network. Now, here are your hosts, Stephanie and Cliff. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 48 of Generally Speaking's Weekly Lost Podcast. And I'm coming to you. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and my wife, Stephanie, is upstairs in bed. That's right. We record our weekend show typically on Friday evenings. And last evening, we got kind of backed up with some family things, and so we didn't get a chance to record, thinking we might do that tonight. And then I decided to go out to a bonfire with some folks from church and had a great time. And it is now 10 minutes after midnight on Sunday morning, you would say. And I don't know that Stephanie and I really would have time to record tomorrow night. So I have tons of listener feedback. And this show technically is supposed to be all about you on the weekend anyway. Because tonight, Stephanie and I were going to share with you a very special announcement. In fact, this is the all-new Your Lost Weekend Show. And what we mean by that is that Stephanie and I are changing the format of our show just a little bit during Season 3. And we, we tweak our format from time to time, as long-time listeners know. Um, on Wednesdays, just after we view the episode of Lost, when there is a new episode, Stephanie and I currently plan on re- recording our normal review for the Weekly Lost Podcast. So the review of that episode, <coughs> excuse me, we will talk about our initial reaction during that uh, podcast. We will also do the Cliff and Stephanie uh, character analysis segment. We'll do the exploring the mystery, and uh, we'll do our Lost new, lost in the News as new, news breaks and comes in. And we'll also do a very small amount of uh, leftover listener feedback that comes in between the weekend show and and the the recording of that uh, Wednesday night show. And uh, we'll wrap up the show with a brief update of what's going on and letting you know how things are going with the podcast network over here. And uh, we'll probably beg you to participate in our weekend show. Now, what my goal is is that we would eventually turn the weekend show into a live internet um, thing where you can participate, whether that will be through Skype casting or some kind of other maybe superior technology that will allow more people than 100 <coughs> to listen in live, I'm not sure, but uh, the idea is on Friday nights when we record our uh, weekend show that, that we'll be able to take in live calls and have live discussions. So anyway, just keep uh, your ears open to our podcast network updates and we'll let you know how that goes. But anyway... This is the Your Lost Weekend Show of the Weekly Lost Podcast. I don't. Maybe we'll find a different name. Stephanie'd probably give me a hard time if I told her that's what we were going to call this thing. Anyway, she'd probably get upset with me that I'm recording this by myself. We'll find out how that goes too. Anyway, uh, this is where basically you can call in your thoughts about Lost in the most re- recent episode. You know, Stephanie and I obviously don't catch everything. Uh, that's in the episode when we watch it. I mean, we are just typical husband and wife who love Lost, and uh, I'm a little bit more than the typical person who just uses views Lost. I, I do go on the forums and read. <coughs> I found myself getting more and more lazy 
uh, as I find that we have now a, a very strong community of people who listen to our podcast who are now calling in. I mean, if you've been listening to our podcast for a while, there are several voices that we've come to know and love uh, who are always um, quick to point out different hidden clues and subtle points and all kinds of other th- and things of that nature. How's that? Uh, so basically, we want to continue to uh, allow our listeners to be a, a strong portion of our show. And so the Your Lost Weekend show is is all about you. It's where you can call in your thoughts. You can tell us what we've missed in the episode or didn't bring up or things that you found that kind of were hidden and tucked away. Um, you may not agree with maybe something Stephanie and I said in our midweek show. Um, I know Stephanie and I are quite down on Sawyer right now for some reason, and we'll probably have a couple calls tonight that I'll play here that, that kind of question that. And uh, this is, let's see here, what else do I have written down? Oh, this is, a, this is the show where we will play listener-contributed segments, uh, audio segments. For example, um, Bonnie Koval from Lost.About.com. Uh, she is doing a weekly spoiler section, or at least a what's coming up on the next episode of Lost kind of deal. <coughs> uh, we have uh, Stephanie Alford is doing our Lost reference desk, and there wasn't a whole lot of reference material that was needed, so she's not bringing in a, a segment in this week, but I expect those to come in the future, and and uh, those those are the things that are coming up. I, I'm going to bring back another fan fiction tonight. If I let me just look in here real quick, do I have that loaded? Yes, I do. I have a fan fiction uh, segment for tonight loaded up. And uh, if you and also you know Ryan Oswell will sometimes call in or email us in some information. So the the weekend show is completely dependent. If this if the weekend show ever sucks, it's because of the stuff that you guys are not sending in. So please send in your audio comments, your segments, and stuff like that. And uh, let's make this a lot of fun until uh, we're able to get the Skypecast up and running. So, uh, And to do that, we're working on our laptop fun, which you can see at generallyspeakingpodcast.com. <coughs> hey, my bronchitis. I tell you, sometimes I'm just thinking it's gone, and I'm going to get over this thing, and then it comes back, and... I'm up and down, but I'm I'm doing pretty good tonight. But I'm still uh, coughing a little bit too much more than I can handle to try to hit the mute button each time. So I do apologize and ask you to bear with me here. And uh, so to get this show started, how about we move into our fancy bumper for listener feedback? Yes. Colonel Locke, is this line secure? Line secure, go ahead. Hey, Cliff, Stephanie, Toy. This is Michelle from Texas. This is Kim from Indiana. Josh from California. Jennifer from Florida. Sam in Tucson. Kimberly from California. Paul in Memphis, Tennessee. Listener feedback. Target areas acquired. We are a go. Roger that. Hey, Cliff and Stephanie, Alaska Brad calling in about the uh, Glass Battle Arena. Anyways, I just had a couple comments regarding your uh, Wednesday show, or is it Thursday? Wednesday evening, I guess. Uh, first, Cliff, it's uh, it's a canteen, not a cantina. A cantina is a bar slash restaurant that you eat food in, and a canteen is what water is stored in. And uh, my second comment is that Michael would have been a great helper with the rock whatever they're doing. I personally think they're building an airstrip 
landing strip for supplies. But Michael would have been great because he's in construction, or he knew a little bit about construction. Anyways, uh, and exploring the mystery. I think uh, with the previews of next week's episode, we are going to have some mystery. I think the smoke monster is going to be involved there, and uh, it looks like it's going to be a pretty exciting get back to the uh, excitement of what attracted me to Lost was you know, the, the mystery end of it. Uh, thank you. Take care. Thank you very much, Brad. Um, I agree with you. I am very interested into some more mystery kind of things. And and I kind of think that these first two episodes we've seen so far has still given us quite a bit of mystery. Uh, the, there's still the mystery of, okay, now, so we believe that we we know that Ben Hello, has... Hello, this is Andrew oh, calling crud, from That scared the crud out of me. Wow. Whew. Oh, man. <coughs> should back that up and re-record. I have a little laptop here, and my touchpad kind of hit that. And Man, I was not expecting that. Anyway, where was I? Um, we believe we have Ben, who says that he's been on the island uh, since he was born. And, you know, so we still have this, you know, so who are these people? I mean, there's still that mystery. Um, but there are a lot of things... Uh, we still need to know. We need to know who in the why in the world are they, were they ever pushing the button? What did that button do? Um, you know, what was the, the significance of that uh, electromagnetic field? I mean, now that they turned off the failsafe, I mean, did, it has something changed? Is the island now visible? Um, are we going to start jumping into the outside world? I mean, there is still a lot of mystery out there, and I am I agree, and I very much hope. That as we jump into some of the other stuff, I, I'm really looking forward to some answers into some of the old mystery. But I am still liking, you know, this mystery of what what is it that Jack wants to do <coughs> now at this bonfire that was at earlier tonight. Uh, had a had a gentleman who is an avid Lost fan, and and uh, he, it was kind of fun because uh, you know he didn't know what I do here on a weekly basis and. Um, anyway, he says that he believes that, that Jack is needed to do, um, spinal surgery on a young boy or a young girl, a child. And I, and we were sitting there and it got kind of fun because we were speculating that perhaps maybe since we don't see any young children, uh, in, in the community in that flashback scene, and all we see is Carl and Alex, and they seem to be more of the teenager kind of age. I wonder if we're going to find like a, a, a orphanage or a ward of children who are, are tucked away somewhere. And uh, anyway, moving right along, let's see what uh, Andrew from Washington had to say. Hello, this or is DC, Andrew actually. calling from Washington, D.C. again. I want to comment on the latest episode. Uh, before I comment, I want to tell you that I'm originally from Tennessee. I, I just go to college in D.C. So that is probably one of the main reasons why Sawyer has always been a favorite character. I've always watched Lost. I've watched Lost since the time it came out. And Sawyer, I just felt you know, drawn to him because not only is like fellow Tennessean per se, but the way he acts, like he was not the only one not to run away from the, from the polar bear, which is kind of stupid at the same time. But this episode is a prime example of why I think Sawyer is just an excellent character. Not like good character, but I, I, I like his character. 
even when he when um when he got challenged by the uh, foreman, I guess you could call him, he just looked away. He didn't even bother. You know, he knew that if the guy hit him, he could take him. And then, like, when he went over and kissed Kane in front of everybody, and he managed to take on two of them and get the gun, that was excellent. I thought that was superb. It's kind of stupid and rash, but at the same time, I was kind of glad to have the writers give an example of Sawyer doing actually doing something because he does look physically imposing, and his history has been kind of violent. So you wonder where he got all the experience from, and he kind of shows it in this episode. And um, I'm still on the fence about Henry. I'm not for sure if Henry, or should I say Ben, because I'm not for sure if he's married was married or not. I still think they're in a communal relationship, and they were just really close and having to be living with each other. I don't think anybody was married to each other. I think um, that, but they were in a relationship together, and um, perhaps they're married. But I, I was hoping it was Michael's baby, a weird part of me, um, just because, just to, just to make some people mad. But, oh well, I guess we'll have to come up with another meme theory. So, uh, thanks a lot, guys. See you later. Thank you very much, Andrew. And uh, I should—I guess I should point out that I don't really dislike Sawyer as a character on the island. Uh, but I think what has gotten me so negative towards Sawyer is this idea that that Kate should pick Sawyer because you know that I don't—it just drives me crazy. I—I I, I mean, and and I've been having some conversation via email with quite a few of our listeners. And I, I'm not a big Super Kate fan either. I, I don't think that Kate's a great catch-all herself. Uh, but, but when people are like, "Oh, I, I think she should," I, I, I'm just hearing people like, you know, Sawyer's so dreamy and and stuff. And and I tell you, it's you. I don't. I've I've seen enough people pick, you know, who they have a relationship with based on how they look without a shirt on and. I, I'm just not seeing that as the best criterion to, to make a relationship basis on it, whether or not you want to spend some time and devote and sacrifice a good portion of your life to be with that person. And so Sawyer just doesn't seem like that kind of guy <coughs> that I think that a, a, a typical woman should choose, but that's just my, unfortunately, not humble enough opinion. So let's go on to Anna in Portland, Oregon. Hi, Cliff and Stephanie. This is Anna in Portland, Oregon. Um, I'm calling to say that I thought that there was a meaningful look between Jack and, and Kate on the season finale, last, um, season two finale also. So I think his name was Paul. When he brought that up in your last show, I was like, yes, I saw it too. And because um, it just seemed like there was a, a very meaningful look between them and Sawyer looked confused, like he didn't know what that meant. Anyway, um, so yeah, I'm hoping that we find out what the reason is for that look, like what what is the plan, if there is one. And um, yeah, that's it. Anyway, enjoy your podcast so much. Um, you guys are just total kick in the pants to listen to. So keep up the good work, and thanks. Thank you very much, Anna. And Hi, unfortunately, oh, help, let me uh, stop. Ah. Oh, things are falling apart without Stephanie here. Anyway, uh, I guess I'm probably not as much of a kick in the pants by myself. Uh, I could try to start interrupting myself and start uh, playing around. Ah! Anyway, um, no. I think that that glance definitely meant something in The Tale of Two Cities. And I, I don't know if they'll pick that back up. But, but, I mean, whatever plan that they had, I mean, how could this plan have involved... How can they have a plan when 
they don't know what's going to happen to them after the the blindfolds are put over their heads. I mean, I I just don't understand that portion of how you can have such a an, an elaborate plan to where you'd have that look. And I mean, that look specifically said things are going exactly according to our plan. And that's that that's what that look said to me. But no, I I just. I just don't understand. I mean, how Jack couldn't have planned for where he would be and how he would be confined and that he would be so separated from Kate. And <clears throat> I don't know. If they have a plan, boy, I, I don't know how what's going on to them could have ever been uh, predicted and therefore have their plan be going according to plan. And uh, unfortunately, Saeed and... And Sun and Jin did not seem to be on the same plan. So, I don't know. I, I really don't know about this. So, we'll see how things turn out. Let's go to Ben in Virginia. Uh, hey, folks. This is Ben calling from Harrisonburg, Virginia. I uh, really enjoy your podcast. I was listening to the last one and some of the listener theories. And uh, I had something of my own to contribute that sort of ties them in together. Uh, you'll probably classify this under crackpot theory, but I'm going to go for it. Um, I liked the theory that the island can move through time uh, that you all were discussing, and that some of the events on the island are part of a time loop. Um, I had a I had a personal theory that I tied that in with uh, just after the episode um, that Benjamin Linus might actually be the son of Adam and Eve from the cave. Uh, the bodies are about the correct age based on uh, what Jack had said in the episode when they found them. And it would explain how Ben can say that he's lived on the island for his entire life if he actually does predate uh, the Dharma initiative. Um, so if you merge those two theories, the, the time loop and uh, Ben being the son of Adam and Eve, you could even speculate that Ben is the son of two losties, uh, perhaps Jack and Kate, perhaps not them, but you might ask um, if he knows this. Uh, the way the direction I was going with this is, uh, if he knows this, why would he treat his parents uh, the way that they're being treated? Uh, I think this goes to the idea of a paradox, which, um, in case some of your listeners don't know, is basically a time travel concept. Um, basically, the idea is that if you go back in time and cause something to happen that prevents the future that you come from, that you can mess up the space-time continuum and possibly destroy the universe. Um, so paradoxes are bad. Uh, and uh, so I thought that perhaps what Ben is doing and why he's treating the Losties with the kind of hostility that he's treating them with is that uh, you know even though he, he is doing that, still saying that he's a good guy, uh, is because he is, in fact, trying to engineer a specific course of events in order to avoid a paradox from happening that could potentially you know, call, destroy the space-time continuum. Um, so he has to make sure that a certain sequence of events happen on the island so that the time loop works out correctly uh, without altering history. And if that means that they have to imprison the losties, uh, you know, and, and treat them horribly and that sort of thing, then so be it. Uh, it's for the greater good, in other words. Um, so I know this is a really out there theory, but I thought I would run it by you. Um, good luck with the show, and look forward to listening to the next episode. It's an interesting theory. 
Thank you very much, Ben. And no theory is too way out there. Just some of them are way too long. In fact, maybe some people are wondering, why hasn't Cliff and Stephanie on the Generally Speaking Weekly Laws podcast ever done anything about the ultimate theory or uh, the million other theories that take four and a half hours to read? And so, no. Uh, some of them are just too long and I lose interest and I don't like to read a whole lot. So, um, But <coughs> anyway, I, I do like to talk a lot. Did, I, did anybody ever catch that? Anyway, um, no, your theory's not too way out there. I like it. Uh, and the paradox thing just kind of reminds me of Doctor Who, which I would, I, people, I, I, I'm so, I'm so uh, much getting a kick out of people who say, if they do, if they end the show this way, or if they enter this kind of concept into the show, I'm going to quit watching. I'll be so upset. And it's like, I'm just along for the ride, and and maybe some people are taking this a little bit more seriously than it needs to be, but I think the coolest thing in the world is if in Season 4, Episode 1, we hear this sound. And then the Doctor comes out of the TARDIS. Okay, so I've just alienated all the people who don't know who Doctor Who is, and I apologize. But anyway, uh, Doctor Who is, is one of my favorite... Um, science fiction television shows, and there were always, always paradoxes that that happen, and and uh, this whole place where the Doctor meets up with himself, and maybe a couple other different versions of himself, and uh, just and if they did that, I have this whole wide array of of uh, sound clips I could play during our podcast, like. Oh, that one's not working. So anyway, forget the whole idea that I was going to do that. But I do like this one, especially since Cliff's in here pushing buttons. Before you do anything rash, like pressing another button, may I make an alternative suggestion? This is Daniel Palmer from San Diego, California. This is my second week listening to your podcast. I was found out from a fellow poster. I'm going to stop right there because I, I remember I was at work when this voicemail came in <laughs> and I, and I remember it's like oh my gosh this is the second week I've listened to your podcast and my mind's going I, I have a prohibitive conscience and so um this is the second week and I can't believe how horrible this is uh but no he didn't do that and uh I'll explain what a prohibitive conscience is at the end of this message if I can remember I talked to on a forum I go to let the link to this place I'm enjoying it very much. I got a couple questions here for one Cliff, and I, I was just listening to this week's podcast. I know you guys don't like Sawyer and all that, but what he brings to the show is laughter, comedy, all in action. Yes, his little nicknames; those are one of his favorite, my, one of my favorite parts of him. Anyway, uh, Daniel got a little tongue-tied at the end of that call, and so I had to edit some of that out. But uh, Daniel, you're right, I, and and I apologize if it if over the last several episodes we we've made it sound as if we think Sawyer. Okay, perhaps me stating that they should kill Sawyer off may indicate that yeah, maybe we haven't liked him as a <laughs> as a character on the island. But no, I do agree; he does add comedic value. And I love his nicknames. I think he should stick with the nicknames and quit pursuing Kate. I and, and I don't know why I'm so overprotected of Kate because I don't like her. 
Um, she, she. I, I mean, I don't dislike her, um, <clears throat> but I just don't think she's all that great of a catch. But the whole deal is that I just don't understand these people that say Sawyer is her man or Sawyer is the man, and, and people that probably some people that just dream and wish they were on the island with Sawyer so that they could pick them. And uh, I just don't understand that. But you're right. He is an interesting character, and he does bring some comedic value. And uh, thanks for calling in. So next is Jamie in Burbank. Hey, Cliff and Stephanie. It's Jamie from Burbank again. And I just wanted to leave a few comments on the last episode, The Glass Ballerina. And everybody's been speculating on why Jack, Kate, and Sawyer were the ones taken and why they are doing such meaningless things such as breaking up rocks. I think that the reason is because they're taking the leaders and they're trying to break their will so that the people who are left are left without leaders who ha- and they have their leaders who were their leaders have no will left to actually lead it in kind of a rebellion. So they're kind of chopping off the head of the beast, so to say. So that's kind of why I think that they took Jack, Kate, and Sawyer. And then as far as the episode last week having no real oomph to it as far as backstory, the whole purpose of the backstory was to show that Jack really doesn't have a life to go back to. Um, he likes to fix things. He's on an island where everything needs to be fixed. He's a leader. Everybody looks up to him. And I think he really finds the island more fulfilling than going home would be. Uh, from the beginning, he's not really been focused on getting saved so much as just making it work where they're at. So I don't think that Benry's offer is really going to help him out that much because I don't think that Jack wants to leave. So him going home, I don't really think it's much of an offer. Anyway, I just want to say great show as usual and uh, keep up the good work. Bye. Jamie, I agree with you that the flashback of Jack seemingly was to point out the fact that he doesn't have anything to go back to. His father is dead. Um, Sarah has obviously made her choice and doesn't seem to be... Uh, swayed in the or have the ability to be swayed from that decision. The only thing that I question about him not being not going back to is his wife. Uh, or his listen to me. It, it okay. So I should not be recording at twelve thirty a.m. Is his mother? And it doesn't seem to me like he had all that great of a relationship with his mother. But I don't know. I you know I I I think that going back. To let your mother know that you're alive may be something that might be important. Uh, but but you're right. I, I, they haven't showed his mother in a flashback since you know she so nastily said, "You are going to go get your father." Uh, so yeah, I agree. J- Jocelyn uh, left us a voicemail, and let's see what she has to say. Hi, this is Jocelyn from Los Angeles. And I'm just calling in first to say I love your show. And Stephanie, you'll uh, be happy. I was watching the episode, and all I could think was, oh, my goodness, this is Stephanie's favorite character, son, that is. And is she still going to like her after this? And I'm glad you still do. Okay, I'm going to stop right there. And Stephanie's not here to defend herself, so I'm going to be careful how I word anything. But we were sitting there, and I kind of shared this in the podcast, or in, in the last podcast. We were sitting on the couch, and I am telling you, she goes, no! No, she cannot turn out to be this way. And, uh, she, and, and she goes, now Jin's my favorite character. And uh, I think Jin's the only guy on this island I like because he's the only one who can't lie because he doesn't speak English. 
and uh, it was hilarious. I was just having a, I was just dying laughing uh, because you're right. Sun has been her favorite character, and uh, I think I think we're seeing a different side of Sun than than they have ever shown before, and uh, we'll see how that turns out. But anyway, go ahead with your call there, Jack. Or, yeah, uh, Jocelyn. And oh my goodness. Cliff, I also was thinking the same thing when Sawyer poured out the water from the canteen instead of giving it to Kate. That was wasn't he such a jerk? I mean, come on, Sawyer. I mean, if you if you're the man to choose, uh, you've already heard all this. This is just a repeat. So go ahead. The first thing when he did that, I was thinking, what an ass. He he should have given it to Kate. Because, what did you say? Hello, oh my goodness working and sweating and she's gonna get dehydrated and that's not a very gentle manly thing to do and I guess that's about it I also wanted to say Cliff I love your sound clips they make me laugh so I know but they're really funny and they do make me laugh one reason why your podcast is special and the other reason is kind of also that I like it that you guys are not afraid to say what you think about the characters. I know you have Sawyer fans and Charlie fans out there who might not like when you, you know, say bad things about them, but there's, it's, it's, we all have characters that annoy us greatly, and I think it's really cool that you all say what you think. And that's one reason that you, I love your podcast so much. And I guess that's it. I will be listening to your podcast and keep up the great work. Bye. Well, Jocelyn, if you are looking for a podcast with an opinionated point of view, you have come to the right place, my friend, because I am full of opinions. And unfortunately, they're not nearly as humble as I believe that I should have them be. But uh, yeah, we're, we're, we, I, I pretty much speak my mind um, to the most, for the most part, I do. My wife, on the other hand, there's never been a day in her life that I've ever known her that she has, she has ever failed to speak what's on her mind, and much to my embarrassment from time to time. Um, you should just see the, the when I first met her, um, and I met her father, I tell you, they are two peas in a pod, and her dad will just blow you away with some of the things that he'll say. And and there there have been times since I've been involved in ministry uh, that that Stephanie has said some things that would pretty much make anybody turn red in the face and blush and say, "Oh my gosh, I cannot believe she just said that." <coughs> But this is this is who we are. We what you guys hear behind this microphone uh, is 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 really our life. I mean, we we pretty much are who we are, and and you know, <coughs> one of the things that I'll share with you is that we're not always right, and we're we're okay with that. Uh, and if people disagree with us, that's fine. We don't have a problem with that as long as they're civil in their disagreement, and instead of being uh, hard headed, going to iTunes, leaving negative reviews, and and saying mean and nasty things and almost creating what I would consider to be uh, threats and things of that nature. But anyway, um, no, we come here, we do share our thoughts and our, our feelings, and uh, we always hated Charlie for the longest time, and now he's one of our favorite characters, and and uh, I don't know if that'll ever change with Sawyer. 
the writers have to be really good because they could never sway us for Anna Lulu, and I don't know that they'll ever sway us for for Sawyer. But anyway, thanks for calling in, Jocelyn. We really appreciate your call, and uh, we'll always be opinionated. Hey, Cliff and Stephanie, it's Kevin B. calling from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Long time no talk. Um, my wife just had a baby a couple months ago, so kind of sleep deprived and dealing with that, but she's beautiful and we're really happy, so enough about that. I have a huge concern for son now. Um, you know, innocently, she was on the island living, tending to her gardening, and not really a big concern, and now she's gone ahead and shot another. Whether Colleen has died or not is up in the air, but she's she's made some pretty nasty enemies for herself, and um, I think it um, she has to you know look over her shoulder from now on because they're gonna want her. Anyway, that's just uh, my thoughts. Um, I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. Thank you very much, Kevin, and glad to have you back around. And congratulations to you and your wife. And uh, our prayers go out to you and the child and and that it'll continue to grow healthily and uh, be safe from any kind of sickness and stuff. So anyway, um, yeah, son, should she fear for her life? I don't know. Um, obviously, I think that that uh, it was absolutely 100% self-defense. Uh, so I don't know that they could really be angry with her. I mean, they... She was pregnant, and she had a fear for her life, and obviously, uh, you know, it it was a pretty dangerous situation. So, I I don't know as as being I don't know that I could ever say that that the others are reasonable people, but uh, certainly I don't think that Sun should fear for her life in the way that they're they're going to come back for revenge. So I I don't know, but you could be right, and in fact, for that. You get... It's an interesting theory. And Kyle Hughes, speaking of theories, has one of his own. Hey, Cliff and Stephanie. I wanted to present my new theory before someone else has the same idea. I think Ben and Juliet are brother and sister. The father was the leader of the others, until he died a little bit before Flight 815 crashed. This would explain why Juliet seemed so stressed during the opening sequence of A Tale of Two Cities. The father made Ben the new leader, despite Juliet's disapproval. She thinks Ben is too controlling, evident from her argument during the other's book club. I also think that maybe... I also think that Jay did commit suicide, but I think another cool possibility would be that his girl who he went to America for returned and pushed him. For some reason, I think it could be Libby. Yeah, I I don't know if I could buy that. My we Matter of fact, believe it or not, at this campfire, we had this argument... Uh, and and I am more certain than ever than that Jay Lee jumped. If you take away the pearls in his hand while he's laying on top of the car, then then you've got an argument. The pearls in the hand say to me that after Jack or after Jack after Jin left, he went and and he the the pearls that meant so much to him that he wanted to give. To the woman he loved, uh, the woman he obviously now understood he would never be able to be with. Um, basically, he felt so much remorse 
that he jumped and and he had those pearls in his hand at his time at that time. I don't think after Jin left that if Mr. Paik or somebody else was going to throw him out the window, I don't think that they would have given him the time and the opportunity to grab those pearls. So um, anyway, that that's just my own personal feeling, but you could be right, and uh, and I could be wrong, but I think I'm right. And uh, since Jocelyn likes our neat little sound clips, and Stephanie's not here to yell at me, I'm going to go ahead and play a clip, a bumper for our before our next call. Hey, Cliff and Stephanie, this is Law Dog from Red Bluff, California. Well, first of all. I know that you said that I kind of convinced you there was no underwater hatch, but it looks like the producers caught us both in a technicality. It may not technically be under the ocean, but it looks like it's maybe under a big tank of salt water. So, Okay, I'm going to pause right there. Just so people know, I do not really preview all of these things. So I don't know what the rest of Law Dog is going to say. <coughs> but with given that... One of the things that it just brought it up, and I had this in my mind, and if I don't say it now, I'm not, I'm gonna forget. But where in the world did that cable run to? You know, the cable that that led Saeed to the French chick. I mean, um, you know, <coughs> what what's up with that? And so, anyway, go ahead, Law Dog. On a technicality, it looks like kind of everyone's right on that one. The other one is I've seen the promos for next week, and I'm excited because my favorite character is back, Serby the Smoke Monster. Here's my theory. When the hatch implodes, that part of the hatch that was concreted in that Saeed was messing around with blows open. I think that was concreted in to keep Serby out of the hatch. I think that's why a lot of the things on the blast map show passages that were blocked off or abandoned or something because Serby had gone berserk. So it blows open, he sees Echo lying there, goes, hey, I remember this guy, drags him off to his pad, and then they have to go rescue him. Regardless of what's going on, I'm totally stoked to see Serby back. He's about my favorite thing on the island. And quite frankly, I think he behaves a lot more normally than Linus does. At any rate, happy trails and stay lost. Thank you very much, Law Dog. And, you know, and I, I watched the preview. Uh, the promo or preview for next week, and I don't remember seeing the smoke monster, but goodness gracious, I'm going to have to go back and check that now. Uh, I do remember some other things, but we'll get into that in the spoiler-ish segment. Um, (coughs) This Ben Linus, I'm going to forget this unless I bring it up now, so I'm going to bring it up now. It was kind of cool. Who sent me this? i got to find it. Oh my goodness, that's... Oh, okay, here we go. Kyle Hughes emailed me and said that he went in and did a search for Ben Linus, B-E-N, and then the last name Linus, L-I-N-U-S. Go to Google and type this in and find out what you see. And what you will see is that the very first link is highlighted in blue, and it is a sponsored link. And if you go ahead and do that, the first link is sponsored by Hanso Adoptions. Now, if you go to that site, you will see that it says um, a, that it contains a bunch of information about the Hanso Organization's adoption agency kind of deal. And there are a bunch of links at the bottom. One of the links says adoption and United community and a United community. And uh, <coughs> something 
Here's an example of what it says. At Hanso Adoptions, we believe that the communities are built when people serve each other, when neighbors share necessities, coach local athletics, or help local causes. Their communities become stronger. One of the greatest ways to both serve and build your community is by sponsoring a child. Adoptions provide a new role for everyone in the community. When a child is born, his or her parents are inherently responsible for guiding growth and development. When it, when children are adopted, communities are given rare opportunities to serve. Why do communities matter? When people learn to serve each other, they find greater fulfillment and happiness. Children have greater opportunity for growth and success when communities collectively invest in their future. Adoption offers communities a bright future. When people begin to deeply love those they have never met, it becomes easier to love those they already have already known. At Hanso Adoptions, we encourage you to strengthen your community. Let us show you your new family. You will not find greater happiness. Namaste. And there are other links in here uh, on this site. One of them is uh, Lost Key to Longer Life? Question mark. And so there, there's all kinds of neat stuff on this. <coughs> However, if you go to it, it looks very reminiscent of all the other official, um, <coughs> excuse me, uh, what do you call those? Lost Experience pages. However, I will tell you that I believe that this is a fake. Um, <clears throat> there is no copyright at the bottom for Disney. Uh, and if I think Edith Baker posted in our generally speaking weekly or in our yeah our generally speaking lost forum, whatever the things called at twelve fifty one in the morning. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, anyway, she posted the who is information, the registrar information on that, and it's. Somebody that seemingly is not affiliated with Disney or or ABC or anything like that. So, but it, at, at the same time, still pretty neat. Uh, let's see here, Scott from Nashville, and this is for as far as I'm concerned. I don't believe this is Scott Sheriff, but uh, let's go ahead and play his call. You know what's crazy, Jack? Yeah, I know what's crazy. It's that last week Ben had a hole in his shoulder. And looked like he just walked off the set of Frankenstein, and now it looks like he just walked out of a J. Crew ad. I think uh, Ben took only too short to uh, to get better from that whole escapade. This is Scott from Nashville. I think the writers took a vacation this week. Uh, they know James's name. They know everything about Kate. I mean, they know everything about everybody. Why wouldn't they have a microphone and a camera next to the cage? Of course they're going to hear everything Sawyer tells Kate. I thought that was a, a bad piece of writing. And I'm glad Sun shot the others because I'm sick of this good guy. We're the good guys. If you shoot me, then we'll be your enemy. Who's the good guy? Who's the bad guy thing? They need to speed that up. As you can tell, it was a little miffed by this week's episode. Uh, the only redeeming factor was the last three-minute exchange between Benjamin Linus and uh, Jack. So uh, uh, I guess I'll tune in next week and see what happens because I'm addicted. But uh, I was looking so forward to watching this episode because I couldn't watch it last night because uh, my wife's not into loss, so I watch it while she's at work during the day. 
the next day. So I was all excited to watch it this morning and uh, disappointed with about 90% of it, but uh, did have somewhat of a payoff at the end. So I'm looking forward to getting back to the other characters next week because we're moving a little slow here with the taser guns and the breaking the rocks and the whole chain gang thing. So that's me, and I'm out of here. Bye. Okay, Scott. Well, thank you very much for calling in, and uh, your opinion is always welcome here. And uh, I don't happen to agree with you because I do believe that uh, we had some interesting stuff take place in this episode. Um, it seems kind of slow, but the thing is they have to tie some things together. Uh, one of the things that I gave the writers a hard time with last year is not connecting some of the stories to each other. And they seemingly drop the ball on an entire thing. Like Sawyer having the guns and being in control. And then all of a sudden just the next thing you know is like, who cares about the guns kind of thing. Um, I mean, they, they just dropped too many, they left too many ends untied. And, um, I think what they're doing this episode is trying to give a more tightly written thing, um, storyline. And, uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of excited to see that. I, you know, this question of really what happened to Saeed and Son and uh gin you know that that's something that's important to know i i know that it's not exactly the most important high priority item to know and uh i'm kind of glad um in a way that they went ahead and brought that in this past week uh because i would hate to go back to the other side and then come back and watch this episode i think that would be kind of boring but now that this is out of the way i think the really good stuff's coming uh, in episode number three, I, which I believe is further instructions. So, uh, let's see here. Next call is from Sherida in Southern California. Hey, Ravenscraft. This is Sherida calling from Southern California. Uh, it's been a while, but I was finally able to catch a um, podcast. And I just wanted to comment on, um, you were saying that Juliet is the one who is the most sympathetic of the others when she gave uh, Sawyer the water. Um, I really think it's actually the opposite. I think she is the most manipulative. I think we saw that with Jack. She plays sympathetic in order to kind of get them to trust her, but she's as manipulative as... um, our former, um, oh, Ben, basically. And so I just think that she plays off being sympathetic, and when Sawyer poured the water out, he was just calling her bluff on that. So anyways, just my thoughts. Um, Hope to catch you guys again on the next podcast. And I um, am loving the new season of Lost. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you very much, Sherida, and yes, what an episode, or what an awesome season this is going to be. Um, let's see here, that ends all of our voicemails that we brought in, and we're already at 47 minutes, and that's why I want to bring up to you, uh, for those of you who have sent in a lot of emails, uh, I had a ton of them printed out for this podcast in our in my little outline show notes thing here, and I really, I don't have the time to fit in 
me reading voicemails and uh, also with my voice it's kind of hard to to get an entire sentence or paragraph in without coughing so I do ask uh, people to understand that that uh, voicemails your calls your voice is the most important thing on this podcast and I love uh, listener line calls where you call and just leave a voicemail at 413-521-0958 that again is 413-521-0958 and you can leave up to a three-minute message before you're cut off Uh, and if you have a call that that is more than three minutes in length go ahead (coughs) excuse me and after you get cut off Call right back again and pick up right where you left off. And what I can do is I can edit those together. And it'll sound just like one call. In fact, there has been two calls uh, tonight that were done that way. And you didn't know, did you? Uh, So anyway, uh, yeah, if you get cut off, just call right back and start where you left off. And and I can do that. (coughs) Excuse me. You can also use your microphone on your computer. Uh, and record an audio comment in either wave form or mp3 form and email them to me at cliff at ravenscraft.org and uh, Stephanie loves to get email and if you want to uh, drop her a note and, and chat with her about what your theories and thoughts are on Lost you can always email her at stephanie at ravenscraft.org and that's r-a-v-e-n-s-c-r-a-f-t Now, we do have a couple other things I want to play here. Uh, First is a segment uh, that we've been doing. This will be our second one. And this is from the Cranky Lost Fan. Hey, Cliff and Stephanie. It's Big O here. I just got done watching tonight's episode of uh, Lost. And I got to say, I was really impressed. Way better than the season opener. I seriously think they should have made it a uh, two-hour premiere and tacked this one on to the end of the first one, and I wouldn't have been nearly as disappointed. So, my favorite moment from this show was the big fat guy. (laughs) I don't know if you all noticed, but it was great. So, you have the scene where uh, Sawyer kisses Kate and then starts fighting with everybody, and the, the big fat guy comes up and hits him or whatever, and Sawyer ends up with the rifle, and um, the... You, there's the shot where Sawyer's in the middle, and just on the left side of the screen, you see the fat guy in this karate pose. He's got both hands up, like, oh, <laughs> it was so hysterical. If you didn't catch that, go back and watch it. It's really funny. So, to steal a phrase from Stephanie, I'd have to give it five Apollo bars. Great episode. So, my uh, least favorite thing about this show, the thing that got me the most cranky, um, was just the fact that our poor Losties, none of their plans ever work. I mean, we're three years into this show now, and nothing they do ever works. I am just craving them to have a plan that actually comes through successful. And when I really started getting frustrated about this was when, you know, when they lost the boat. And I go through all that to to get the boat in the first place. It was such a big miracle. Here comes Desmond on the boat. Yay. And now they just lost it again. I want our losties to be more crafty than the others. I want them to actually be able to escape. I want them to, to, you know, 
be able to make a plan and an ambush that, that actually works. I hope they just throw him a bone sometime in this season. So that's about all I have to say. If uh, anyone wants to hear the rest of my rant, you can check out my podcast at lost.big-o.org and uh, send all your hate mail to me at lost at big-o.org. Don't blame Clef and Stephanie. Till next week, try not to suck. Alrighty, cranky lost fan. That's uh, Orion Comer, and uh, thank you very much, there, Mister Big O. And uh, I wonder why you don't just get LostSucks.com, or is that taken already? I can't imagine that it is, uh, but I sure would be easier to just send an email to Big O at LostSucks.com. But anyway, uh, check out his podcast. It's part of the generally speaking, or it's, no, it's not. It's it's a part of the Lost Podcasting Network which uh, I think is Lost Podcast at blogspot.com or Lost Podcasts at blogspot.com. I don't know why we don't get lostpodcastingnetwork.com. Oh, man. Anyway, you can always find us on the web at generallyspeakingpodcast.com. And uh, one of the people who have contributed a lot to our podcast in the last season was Eric Fisher, and he has some thoughts about this episode of Lost. Hi, this is Eric Fisher with some observations. Can we start calling the others the leftovers, as in leftovers from Dharma? Agreed? Okay. Uh, hello, wait a second, hold your horses. Agreed? The leftovers? Dude, they're always going to be the others. Anyway. Why are the leftovers so concerned with not letting the crash landers see their real state of living? Why the charade? Why the fake beards and the grubby clothes? Wouldn't it make more sense to let all these new crash-landed people into their, quote, utopia? It's not like it seems to be working out that well anyway. And that letting them in would taint it? Come on. Couldn't they use the extra help in their hippie rock garden? Besides, they could just kill anyone who doesn't want to be in on their living situation. Or let them go. If they can let people off the island, like Benjamin seemed to say... Why not take all of them out to a place far enough to be discovered by the real world, but not let the island's location become known? We know that the producers confirmed that there is more than one faction of the others. Now, hold on. In that video podcast that the producers did, they seemingly were joking when they said that there was an entire Indian cast system of several like seven or nine different factions of uh of others now could they have been answering the lady's question and says yes there are definitely uh more than one faction and then they continued on by turning it into a joke possibly and therefore yes there may they may have confirmed that there's more than one faction but if you go back and watch that video podcast they could have just as easily been joking around. So I don't know that it's completely 100% confirmed because these guys are kind of, they're wishy-washy in the way that they give clues. But anyway, go ahead with your point, Eric. Well, what if the leftovers are one group and they sometimes dress up as grungy people in order to blend in with the real others, the other people on the island somewhere that have survived other crashes? And maybe Rousseau's daughter is communicating with them 
Maybe she's part of a group working against the leftovers from within. In other words, Dharma initially started it. The leftovers are working on it, but in a different way. And then the teens in the leftovers currently are now fed up with everything and are fighting against all of it, trying to help the crash landers. Make sense? Maybe not to me either. But I know this. Maybe there are more than one group of people on the island, or maybe not. But I do think there is a coup working up to a boiling point from within the others. I have to agree with Stephanie. No matter what, I don't think there will be anything revealed this season that will show me that the leftovers are sane or good in any way. They are Okay. I definitely agree that it seems that Alex and Carl have seemingly, which represent, I guess, the teenage others, um, they do definitely seem to be going against the grain. But uh, let's see here. Oh, and whether or not the writers can turn it around, I'd be interested in seeing. But anyway, go ahead. Secluded, and they are sickos. They may think they're the good guys, but I don't think that's going to be justified. Case in point, what will be the consequences of Sun shooting the other known as Colleen? Is she now their enemy? What kind of a utopian commune goes around killing people here and there? Hanging people in trees, stealing babies, snapping necks, come on. I knew I had recognized that Juliet from somewhere. I checked on IMDB and found that she was on Everwood and the movie Frequency. At least that's what I know her from. Not that I watched Everwood. No, really. Um, my wife did. Really. Anyway, I still want to know where the monster fits in, especially what Benjamin Linus knows about it. And I got the impression that, from the preview, we would see it next week. So, it looks as if the third season will actually start, finally, next week. Till then, this is Eric. (laughs) The third season will finally start next week. That's great. Alrighty, so let's see here. That's all of that. And we have a fan fiction account from Troy Price. A vignette titled Two's Company, Three's a Crowd, written by Anita Louise, found on the Lost Fan Fiction Archive, edited for broadcast by The Man. They're at it again, and he rolls his eyes at the sight, shifting his position on the floor with a disgruntled sigh, making lovey-dovey eyes at one another under the guise of concern. They don't glance over at him, though, oh no. Three's a crowd and all that jazz. So he sits there watching them, waiting for the others or Dharma or whatever they're calling themselves now to come back and do their thing. They're not allowed to talk, that's been made clear, after the healthy whack with a stick that caused his head to throb, Sawyer shut up quickly. No one could ever say that he, Sawyer, was a slow learner. But that's the thing, they don't need words. Jack has this silent connection with her, something that he doesn't, and probably couldn't, because James Sawyer Ford doesn't do connections. He's a love em and leave em kind of guy, and it suits him and his lifestyle just fine. At least it did. The jealousy hits him from nowhere, packing a punch right to his gut, and he can feel it start to creep up even into his eyes and he can't understand it because he's never felt it before. And he realized this must be what he's read about in all of those books he's devoured over the years. He tears his eyes away and forces himself to look at something, anything but them. 
so he chooses to stare at the door as though it's the most interesting thing he's ever seen and tries to stifle the hate that's surging through him. Somewhere in the recess of his mind, a little voice tells him that a look is nothing. It's not like they've made out or anything. Then he thinks back and remembers the rift that appears between the two of them at that time. It was out of nowhere, and the avoidance on both of their parts it caused a wave of jealousy, even envy, to well up in him, and it confused him even more. He never had to fight anyone for Cassie. But he knows now he has to see. And he looks over and glances back at them real quickly this time. But Jack's now holding her hand. And she's smiling up at him with bright eyes in the dim light of the room. And he knows he's lost. He's lost her to the game that he wasn't even sure he was playing. He scrubbed at his eyes and tried to rub away those thoughts and trying not to care, because Sawyer doesn't care. But somewhere along the way she tangled them both, both he and Jack, and it became personal. She became a prize, and he wonders if that's all this is to him, winning. Just like poker, just like when he managed to upturn the camp and steal all those guns and meds. He honestly didn't see this day coming. Enjoying their bantering and flirting as much as the other guy, he hadn't thought about what might happen when she made her choice. What it would feel like to lose. Although deep down he knew that he would always lose to Jack, he looks back over to Jack and wonders if he had ever thought about whether she would choose Sawyer. Wondered whether his feeble attempts with Anna Lucia were a byproduct of just that. Now Jack's smiling like the cat that's got the cream, his fingers caressing hers gently. Sawyer considers this strange considering the circumstances, but then that little niggling voice speaks up again reminding him that he himself would be smiling, and he hangs his head dejectedly. Freckles has made her choice, and well, what's that saying? There's plenty more fish in the sea? So Sawyer stifles down his little green monster. He swallows the lie and he clears his throat loudly, which both Jack and Kate turn their heads towards him, surprised. And Sawyer says, Looks like we're not in Kansas anymore, Jacko. Alrighty, thank you very much, Troy Price, for putting together your fan fiction segment now i have gotten some feedback on the fan fiction segment and i put a listener poll on the lost forum for generally speaking and uh to be honest with you i i've i've been looking for some feedback to as to whether or not we should uh continue to do this segment and uh to be honest with you i think what i have decided is that it is something that is unique and uh, sets our podcast uh, differently because nobody else is doing fan fiction. And this is a place where uh, lost fan fiction writers can have a voice. And so uh, we're going to continue to do this segment. And 36% of the people have voted and said, yes, we want to continue doing it. So uh, I think 36% is definitely a high enough percentage of people who say that they do like it that will keep it in there. So, Troy, please continue to send those in, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to get those to three minutes or less. 
but we'll see how things go. I know that I do have one I got from him today that's a five-minute piece for next week. He, if he doesn't, if he's not able to edit that down, we'll go ahead and play it. But anyway, uh, next up, I want to play a little segment here called "Coming Up on Lost." And be warned, possible spoiler-ish information from this point forward. This isn't what was supposed to happen. What's going to happen? You don't want to know what was supposed to happen. I know. Because you don't know what's going to happen. You know what? We're not going to find out. Don't you want to know? Don't you want to know? I want to know. In fact, uh, thanks to Ryan Oswa, uh, he has sent me an email with some lost filming notes. And this is what he writes. He writes, hey, Cliff. Enjoy the, sh- uh, enjoy the show tonight. Actually, he wrote this before the show aired on Wednesday. Uh, two shooting locations to pass along. One that's just made... Uh, let's see here. One that just made spoiler fix. Okay. On Monday, Lost was at a church in Makiki. I apologize for butchering the name if I did. About a block away from where I used to live, in fact. Uh, St. Clement's Church on Wilder Avenue, an Episcopal church. Uh, There was a lot of flowers being brought in and a Miami-Dade cop car, think and then he put in parentheses, think CSI Miami, uh, parked outside. Apparently, someone on lost-forum.com was there and saw Evangeline Lilly in a wedding gown. I'm guessing this is where we'll see Captain Mao from Firefly, Nathan Fillion, whoever that is. (coughs) Firefly is a sci-fi show that um, I'm hearing a lot about and perhaps need to go and watch, so I'll have to check that out. Anyway, last week, Lost was back in Wailua. Oh, man, I'm going to butcher that. Anyway, uh, a historic plantation town near the North Shore. Uh, the area has been Nigeria Nigeria, and Austra- in the Australian outback, but I'm not sure what it was playing this time. They took over the farm packing plant, a run-down old house, really uh, run-down, and made it look like a bar. And uh, let's see here. Then next door they built a church. So that would make two church scenes in a week. Don't know if the if it if it's the work. Let's see here. Don't know if the work was still a part of Kate's episode or someone else's. Maybe Mr. Echoes. Stay lost, guys. Ryan, Ryan, thank you very much as always for putting together these little uh, on location reports, and uh, we are always blessed to have those and and kind of nice to have somebody in on the island looking out for us, giving us some great lost news. And now, with our special spoiler coming up on Lost Report, here's Bonnie from Lost.About.com. This is Lost.About.com's Lost Away Bonnie with a preview of next week's Lost episode. The episode is called Further Instructions and will run on ABC on Wednesday, October 18th at 9 p.m. ABC's description reads, The fates of Locke, Echo, and Desmond are revealed after the implosion of the hatch, while Hurley returns to beach camp to tell the tale of what happened when he, Jack, Kate, and Sawyer encountered the others. Meanwhile, Claire is shocked to find Nikki and Paolo in Jack's tent. Okay, so we finally get to see the hatch boys. Are they alive? Did they die in the hatch implosion? Will we never see Locke, Echo, and Desmond again? Never fear. 
We will see all three in the next episode. And a little birdie told me that we may be seeing a lot of Desmond. I don't know if his clothes were made of magnets or what, but apparently the first time we'll see him, he'll be naked. Okay, moving on to Echo. The previews after the last episode made it look like Echo might be taken by the smoke monster. Now Locke will be our flashback guy, though at least in part he'll be having dreams that have him shirtless in an airport with Boone. Yes, Ian Summerhalder returns for this episode in the part of Boone Carlisle. The pictures show Locke on the island with a cartoonish drawing of a head. I can't wait to see what that is all about. His flashback pictures show him picking up a hitchhiker, getting pulled over, and going to a picnic. Will we find out how he ended up in a wheelchair? My guess is no, though they have promised to tell us this season. I just think it's going to happen later in the season. According to the description, we'll get to see Hurley. Hurley returns to the beach camp to tell the tale of what happened when he, Jack, Kate, and Sawyer encountered the others. I'm wondering if we'll get to see any of his travels or if he'll just show up in camp. I think maybe we were supposed to get a glimpse of his travels in the first Season 3 episode, but they had to cut it out to make room for all those commercials! The last line of the description reads, Meanwhile, Claire is shocked to find Nikki and Paulo in Jack's tent. Nikki, played by Kylie Sanchez, and Paulo, played by Rodrigo Santuro, are now recurring characters. It sounds like they are going to be Losties that were on the plane, and we just haven't seen them in the background during the first two seasons of Lost. For more information on further instructions or to see pictures, visit lost.about.com. This is Lost Away, Bonnie Koval. Stay lost. Thank you very much, Bonnie. And uh, that pretty much wraps up our weekend. Your, oh goodness, what was I calling this show? Hold on, let me go up to the top here. Something like, oh, your Lost Weekend show, <laughs> where your voice is the biggest voice in this podcast episode. So uh, for everybody, uh, those of you who have tuned in for the first time, thank you for checking our show out. Hopefully you've enjoyed it. Uh, Look for our official uh, full-blown episode where Stephanie and I review the next episode for their instructions. Uh, We'll record that Wednesday evening and have it available up on the net Thursday, well, probably before we go to bed so anyway check out that uh look forward to seeing many of you guys on the generally speaking lost forum uh simply go to generally speaking podcast.com click on the link for the lost forum and you'll find it and also a couple other things you can find at generally speaking podcast.com is our frapper map where you can stick your pin in and show us uh where you are Uh, You can go to the Generally Speaking gift shop if you'd like and pick up a t-shirt. You could listen online. You can check out our MySpace page and request us be your friend and we'll definitely approve that. Uh, We have a mailing list where you can be put on the mailing list and find out when our next Skype cast is. And who knows, maybe I might even just go borrow a laptop for next week and and maybe do a last-minute Skype cast next Friday for the Your Lost Weekend Show. Uh, <coughs> I'm liking that, the Your Lost Weekend Show. Anyway, there is a, a, a link on generallyspeakingpodcast.com for how to contact us. Uh, there's the voting booth where you can vote for us on Podcast Alley. Uh, there's a obviously a way that you can uh, subscribe to our show through the feeds and, and through iTunes links there there's the show notes to all of our shows 
if you are not aware already, I do four other uh, podcasts outside of this Weekly Lost podcast, and you can read about those shows on here. Uh, and also, uh, if you would like to donate or contribute to our, generally speaking, laptop fund, uh, we are $390 uh, to the $1,000 goal. And if you'd like to contribute, there's a PayPal donate button, and we would certainly appreciate that. And thank you. Uh, so that's pretty much all I have. God bless you all. Have a great week. And uh, until Wednesday, stay lost. Where's that? There we go. Looking for the extra. <laughs> You have been listening to the weekly Lost Edition of the Generally Speaking Podcast Network. You can make our show even better with your feedback. Call our listener comment line at area code 413-521-0958 to leave your comments and questions. And please, start with your name and where you're calling from. If you would like to contribute to our weekly podcast, simply click on the PayPal Donate button on our website at www.generallyspeakingpodcast.com. Join us next week for another edition of Generally Speaking. Thanks for listening.